When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everyone? I'm Tori. And I'm Anissa. And this is MTV's official challenge podcast, where we go behind the scenes of the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies. And magpies. On this episode, we are going to go even more behind the scenes than usual because we are going to be joined by Ryan Smith, the EP and showrunner for Spies, Lies, and Allies, and one of my great friends. We've been doing this since middle school together. Yeah. I'm really excited to have him on today. Dude, he was my first showrunner ever, but we'll get all into that when we get into the episode. And I'm so sad that you went home. I know. It was really, really sad. We'll get into our ugly cries later. Yeah. Um, And then I would like for everyone listening to rate those ugly cries. (laughs) So we'll definitely get into that later. All right. Let's get started. Now... Tori, Ooh. my favorite moment. <laughs> and you know why I don't have to do the time bomb today? Because uh, you do. And uh. if you folks don't know what the time bomb is, it is season 37. So Tori has 37 seconds to recap this week's episode. You know okay. who doesn't have to recap it in 37 seconds? <gasps> Me. Damn yes. it, Anissa. It's my birthday month. I don't have to do shit. I actually shouldn't have to do time bomb for all of September. God, I'm so nervous. Okay, just let's just get this over with. <laughs> I mean, I know it was a, it was a sad episode. There was a it was very intense. Yeah, it was. It was. So, just just try and do 37 seconds, a little sincere recap without a lot of tears. All right. Okay. okay are you ready? Uh huh. Give it to us in three, uh-huh. two, one. Here we go. It's another week of the challenge, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to be doing this mud challenge. I don't know. I know nobody really wanted to do it. Everybody got really cut up during it, but the person who got hurt the worst was clearly Anissa. And that, that fall was so sad, Anissa. It was so hard to watch, and I'm so sad that you had to go through that. And when I heard you crying and screaming, I wanted so badly to jump over the wall and come save you, but we couldn't do anything about that because they made us sit in a mud pile. I was looking at a worm the entire time that was happening. It was a really double bad experience. We'll get into that later. Let's talk more about how Logan and Big T immediately started to really crush on each other, and then Logan and Big T sleep in the same bed together, and then Amber's still going on with this Big Brother thing, and then obviously you get medically DQ'd, and I absolutely hated that, but then when it comes to the game, we got to talk about how Nani was like the hottest commodity this season. So far, shit, I'm done. Oh, you're already done. I I mean, you you did what you could with that one. Um, I I relived that worm. I I honestly didn't remember that worm until I sat. I like was sitting here going through you leaving, and I just remember being in the mud. And there was they stopped the whole game for like thirty minutes because of that. I know that's how people got to do all their math problems. You're welcome. That's true. That's that should be challenge confidential, but that's it is. I'll get into it a little bit later. Okay. I feel like the play of the day was me hurting my shoulder because it helped a lot of people. Oh, I hate that. I Okay, then that won't be it. No. Play of the day is, you know what? I'm going to give it to my my partner, ex-partner Logan. Yeah, for You brave, brave, sure. brave soul. You were like, you know what? Felt really safe with my partner. Really wanted to be okay so she can come back. But if she doesn't, <laughs> I'm going to be a grown-ass man. I'm going to go in. I'm going to grab this game by the balls. And then if I win, like he said, I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm going to be able to pick my partner. Yeah. So kudos to you, old partner. I love you and I miss you. Ugh. Wish wish I could have stayed around. 
Yeah. And he really did make you so proud. He made all of us so proud when he did that. Like, you never see people stepping up to the plate like that. I mean, you do, but it's few and far between many moments that come on the show where people are like, okay, throw me into elimination because I want to take the game into my own hands or I'm going to risk it for the biscuit in this way. And he did that. And that was super, super brave. He wasn't the only one to do it, though. Gabo did it, too. I really don't know who the dirtiest deed would go to for this episode, though, honestly. I mean, we all look pretty dirty in that mud. Hey! Yeah. You know? Yeah. She'd be a comedian. <laughs> um, Let's see, the dirtiest deed. I don't know. I mean, like, could it I be... I mean, the vets just really l- sat back and let that shit happen. And that's something to... <laughs> Okay, actually, but that's I more the on the spy scene. aspect, you know. That's that's more of the sneaky thing than it is the than dirty. So if I have to say why I think, okay, let me let me explain something real quick that happened later in this episode. So the dirty deed for this one, I'm gonna give to CT, which is probably you wouldn't expect it, but behind the scenes, CT was trying to get everybody to say Logan's name for the house vote because CT didn't want to have to say a girl's name at elimination. So if the house voted in Gabo and Emmy then CT probably would have had to say Logan and another girl. And CT and Bernard didn't want to have to say a girl's name. So mm-hmm. that's why they were trying to get the whole house to vote in Logan. And then that's when you hear Logan in the chamber being like, hey, please don't throw me in like as the house vote. But CT was really pushing for that because he didn't want to have to get his hands dirty in both areas. Makes sense. Not dirty. Maybe just a slick deed, but still interesting. Yeah, there wasn't really like a dirty dirt. This was a pretty clean episode. Yeah, Besides the mud, you yeah. know? It was, like, nice to watch rookies valiantly fight for Nani's love. <laughs> like, right? It was, like, gladiator shit. Like, it was, like, I'll challenge thee. You are for Nani. You know? Like, with between right. Huey in the chamber, between um, Huey, between Gabo, and then and Logan ends up stealing her. He is a bigger <gasps> threat than they think. I think oh, maybe they're starting yeah. to see it now. He's an incredible so let's get let's get into this episode. Okay. Let's talk about this minefield episode. Yeah. Because this was, I think, for Logan and I, a good chance for us to win. We had Mm -hmm. math, which we know we can do. We had a puzzle, which I know both of our minds could have worked through. Yeah. Because he was doing really well. And I think the Survivor kids are really cool with, like, these kinds of things. If you could see, they're, like, like, they're in their backyard. And Manuel was literally, like... And Berna. Yeah, and Berna, yeah. They were just home. We were crawling, and they were like, put, their feet were in the mud. And I was like, I didn't even think about it, because I didn't think there would be that much give, yeah. that much slack in the cargo net. You don't realize how something, how difficult these things can be until you're going, because after you were done with the mud, going through it, your shoes were caked in mud. And then yeah. you have to climb up these little blocks to get over the wall, and then that's when it became so slippery. And that's why people yeah. were going slow over the wall. Like, the guys who were jumping off the top, I mean... That's crazy. I crazy. wish, but my ankles were already wrapped. I'm like, I'll lose an ankle if I jump. I, I would have, you know? too. Like, you, we didn't have enough traction on the bottom of our feet. I was slipping going over multiple times, and, like, you were just wondering, like, okay, when is somebody actually going to get hurt on this? Because that wall was I mean, it was dangerous, tall. even if you hit your face on one of those handholds, because they were wood. Yeah, yeah, it was rough. But I really it felt like, you know, him and I were talking about it before the thing. Like, this was one of those one of those challenges where I'm like, okay, it's me or CT. Yeah, oh, for sure. You guys had it in the bag. But then you see a man once we Casey. got the puzzle. Yeah, but once we got to the puzzle, I knew we probably would have had it. Yeah, the puzzle is, it was definitely hard. It was one of those cubes. And you know what? CT did one of those cubes on Dirty 30. And I mean, I did too, but I don't, you know, I'm mediocre at puzzles. Hit or miss Mm -hmm. with me. So you know that CT, when it's a puzzle like that, and you can even see the confidence he had as soon as Berna comes up with the last piece. He's like, all right, thank you. Berna, move to the side. Time for me to do this. And the guy honestly got that done, Anissa, I'm not kidding, in maybe a minute. Less than a minute. I believe it. Because... You don't see it, but by the time I get back with my puzzle piece, I have like four pieces on the thing ready to go because I fucked up my math problem. Shh, don't tell, don't tell my parents. <laughs> they're gonna well, I so think mad. they're gonna hear it now. Barb, sorry, Tori messed up her math problem. <laughs> I fucked up the math problem, so I had to come back. But like once I finally got back, I looked over, done. I think certain people's brains work in certain ways where they can just Definitely. see a shape and be able to create it. Yeah, and that's why I was so confident. But I felt. I felt so guilty, you know, like just I felt like I let him down because I knew I was his safety. I knew out of all the partners I could have had, he was going to be the most supportive. Yeah. I think that's why I was so emotional about it. 
Um, yeah. I wanted to make sure he was okay. I wanted to make sure you were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain people in the house that I really cared about that I was worried about their well-being if their big mama bird cinnamon squiddian wasn't there. Yeah. Because there's a sor- certain kind of peace of mind that I feel like I bring to people that, 100%. you know. You are literally a lamp of com- comfort. Like, I feel like everybody in the house is a mosquito. For sure me. Definitely a fly. A little gnat or something. And you're just this big, beautiful lamp. And we just all come near you, especially at night, you know, when people really are missing the snuggles. And, like, I mean, <laughs> everybody everybody was getting love in your bed. I mean, at least I was all the time. Like, I was, I was there all the time. Like, when you left, it was... It was a huge emptiness in the house. A lot of people felt it. And you don't really get to see that in the editing of this because obviously the show continues on. The competition keeps going on. The politics keep happening. But like in the quiet times, like the times that you don't really get to see on air, your absence was so felt. Like it was so felt. And it will always be felt when you're not there because you have such a big presence on that show. Not to mention there were so many international people there this season. They looked up to you like no other. Like – you were you were the mama bird for everybody who came on that on the show this season, and you usually I wanted, are. I wanted people season. to feel. I, I look at it this way: like we have a lot of rookies, clearly, and there is that language and cultural barrier that can sometimes make it difficult to like feel like you're part of the group. Yeah, and I never want anybody to feel like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So my goal was to like, hey, like let me learn about you. You can learn about me, like. Bettina, I love your laugh. Come over here and sing me Swedish lullabies, my Swedish yeah. lamb, about cats. And Gabo would come over and be like, <laughs> and with his shit. It just everybody was interesting in their own way and had so much, so much culture to offer up and so many great things that, you know, I just wanted everybody to be a part of the family since they were there. Yeah. But let's get back to this crazy episode. Enough about me. Ah, Let's talk about one more thing real quick. Let's just touch on the Gabo doing math, looking like he's a Greek like statue, like a sculpture with his fingers up, counting, like asking God. He had like two fingers <laughs> up. Like, I'm like, Gabo, you're working with a four digit number. Little did we know in that moment, he was probably asking Mike the situation for the math. To help him to math. To math. <laughs> I can't deal, dude. Gabo is... Literally so, so funny. Even in the chamber he when he's like, sit your ass down. Like, right? I he learned, get- let me tell you something. You didn't know that Gabo lived in a room with Corey and Jeremiah. When I tell you those boys taught him so much American slang, <laughs> I was like, you're going to mess up. All- I mean, these are not the two guys that you learn English from. So well, good. Corey, especially, but you know, like it's just, and it's also like their slang. Like Jeremiah talks different than Corey because he's from Mississippi. Yeah, and Gaba was just a sponge. Yeah, it was. So cute, he was like, "Sit though. your ass down." He wasn't talking like that when he first came in the house. Dude, it was, Gabo just did the cutest things in the, you know, the silent of the moments too. The things that you're not going to see on air. Like there was a time when he traded, he had like a, an Ibiza t-shirt, I think it was. He traded it for CT's Sperry's because it was like, I oh, know, you can't it was get so those. cute. I was right there. Yeah. He's like, you can't get those Sperry's in Hungary. So I'll trade you a t-shirt for it. Like people were trading things and like, it was, oh, he was so such much. an amazing addition for the show. And honestly, like, I know that I got a little heated in the chamber with him and Huey, but Huey is also an amazing addition for the show. Like, right. people who are so passionate and, like, have wear their heart on their sleeves, I mean, make great TV. Like, it was great to watch. Yeah. I feel like they, they were just like, whatever. And you could see how much, you know, this meant to them. For sure. Everybody. And that's something that we, as people who have been on the show, do take for granted. Like, to be on an American TV show and, I mean, that's some people's dream. Like, people... Yeah dream about that around the world and I'm honored to be on the show and after doing this season with all of these people who come from so many different places it's like wow I you know I take that for granted sometimes and yeah like seeing Logan and Gabo and Huey and all of them like fight and want to fight for the honor of Nani or a partner it's like damn like thanks or for their putting, country or their country like yeah, yeah. right like thank you for yeah, could you imagine that. us like this is for America <laughs> like no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, absolutely crazy. But, you know, so Logan ends up going into this elimination. And Those braids. 
Shout out to Priscilla, I think, who was the braid master this she season. Was. Her hands are magic. Not yeah. only is she stunning to look at yeah. and brilliant, but she also braids. So shout out to her because she also helped me with my hair too because I couldn't lift my hands up. So yeah. big shout out. Priscilla has some really fun moments coming up and interesting moments coming up. So I'm excited to like see more of her uh, as the season goes on because she's I a, think she's great. She's a badass. Awesome narrator too. She's a badass. She's yeah. a fucking badass, and I I really enjoy I enjoyed her her like spunk. It's like nice yeah. to see that. And Berna too, man. Like I know Berna. Like maybe people might not like her, you know, or don't love vibe Berna. with her. I fucking love Berna. Like from day just, one when we yeah. had our singing group. Yeah. Oh my god. Stop. <laughs> I think oh. Berna's great. I think yeah. I think Berna's great. I love that her and CT won just because I feel like she would have been an unnecessary target. I mean, she's good. Yeah. So I, I mean, target her if you will, but yeah, I meant like target her for the right reasons, right? You know, Absolutely. not make it petty, but she, she definitely is a force. I'm happy that they did win, but then you have, you know, Logan and Gabo in here. Gabo had a, Gabo had a bad day, guys. Gabo had to go from math to puzzles. Yeah, and he was praying to Mike the situation the whole time, and Mike didn't pull through. So, Mike the situation, if you're listening to this, you know, go send Gabo some love in the DMs because the guy needs a little support right now. And then, sure. Gabo, I'm going to need you to go look for a new inspiration. <laughs> Perhaps Tommy, the math teacher. Yeah, Tommy, come bring those puzzles over here, man. Yeah, but, I, you know, Gabo leaves in great fashion, like, yeah. keeps his head high, does the flex, you know. And then Logan does the savage thing that Logan did, and he stole Nani. And I actually find that so interesting. You know, like, Huey is fighting Gabo for Nani and then doesn't even realize that Logan's going to swoop in and steal her. Right. I didn't didn't expect it at all. Yeah. I mean, I think Logan's super calculated. He knows that Nani's going to be a great partner, but also probably hopes that Listen, if he sees, if somebody sees Nani being stolen again, they're not going to want to steal Nani because maybe she'll get stolen again. And that's kind of what started to happen. Like, as people got stolen multiple times in a row, they didn't want to steal, like, people want to steal people that they think aren't going to get stolen because they want to hold on to them. So, and Nani, Nani was a good pick. So it was a super calculated move. And I think that, you know, hopefully it works out for them. But yeah, I mean, there was so much that went on this episode mm-hmm. and we're going to see, you know, how your absence is going to be huge and how it's going to shift a lot of the politics in this game. Really? And it does. Yeah. Because it makes certain people side with different ways. I don't want to say too much right now, but it definitely don't say the- too much. But I just want to know one thing. Mm-hmm. Tori has left two seasons in a row mm-hmm. at like challenge five. Yeah. Yeah. She was so paranoid about yeah this challenge like it was coming up to that that fifth challenge she was like this is my time to go and then i end up going so i'm excited to um now watch the challenge as a viewer Mm -hmm. and then get to come on the podcast and give my unbiased yeah um wasn't there in person perspective so i'm excited for the tables to turn yeah and for tori to tell me all the inside scoop I'm really you excited know, about that. You know, I got them for you. And this is so funny because literally what happened to us last season. I think I went home episode five last season. You did. <gasps> yeah. So it's pretty interesting how it, it's just completely turned. But hopefully I make it far enough so that way we're both not in the dark. For and that you podcast. never ugly cry again like that. <laughs> Bro, did you see my face? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the joy. No. You really loved me because... I mean, I sobbed like that when you left last time, but mm-hmm. like not to that point. I think our Aww. friendship developed even more, but that was, yeah. we were a mess. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was the episode of the ugly cry. Yeah, it wasn't cute, but it was, it was cute. It was internally cute. Okay. Um, well, I think now might be a good time to take a quick break before we interview this wonderful, wonderful man. Really yeah. excited. It'll be interesting to see what Ryan has to say, being that he is the showrunner and responsible for all this crazy shit that we have to do. Yeah, it's fucking an honor to talk to him and see what it takes to put all this stuff together and how it feels for him to come back into this role. So I'm excited to have Ryan on the show. Let's get him on now. Attention all challenge fans. There is a ton of great challenge merchandise at the Paramount shop. We're talking t-shirts, 
yoga mats, workout gear, and more. Whether it's an official challenge t-shirt for the gym or a hoodie to wear while you watch the latest season, shop everything the challenge at paramountshop.com and take 20% off with code challenge20. That's 20% off at checkout on all challenge products with code challenge20 at paramountshop.com. All right, everybody, now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. This is when we get to interview somebody from the show. And this is actually our first production team interview. We have Ryan Smith. He is the EP and showrunner of Spies, Lies, and Allies. So everyone, please welcome Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Always a pleasure to talk with you, ladies. Don't be that excited, Ryan, because we're about to get it at ass. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get no, it. The just... roles are changed. Oh, no. That's fine. No, really, Ryan. Uh, for everyone or anyone who doesn't know who you are or what you do, can you explain your role on the challenge? You can start from the beginning to now, if you'd like, just to give us like a little history. Uh, this last season, Spies, Lies, and Allies, I was the EP showrunner. So that means I'm kind of like the captain of the ship, but while in the field. So this show kind of has had a couple EPs through these seasons, and uh, Emer Harkin was the EP on this show to begin. She ended up getting herself pregnant. So by the time <laughs> the show got to a point of uh, going out in the field wow. to shoot, she wasn't allowed to go uh, just for health and safety wise from her doctor. So they, she kind of prepped and got everything going. I got to go out into the field and I took the reins. And once I was in the field, I was which means, you know, on location with you all, I was uh, kind of taking the reins at that point and running the show. Now, my history to the show, if that's what you're trying to hint at, is that I started as a PA in 2005 on season 10. Wow. What was season and 10? Inferno 2. Wow. I was not there with you. No, that was, that's when it, that's when Justin Booth took over and the show started to completely change. It went from like goofy chicken costumes to like, this stuff's going to get gnarly and we're going to really start testing you guys and pushing the limits wow. every season. But I've PA'd two or three seasons. Then I became an AC. Then I did audio. Then I ran audio for a little bit. Then I did. Did you have a boom just... mic? Yeah. Always running around you with a boom the, mic. You had a boom? Yeah. <laughs> On what season? So that would have been the season I got to run audio. Like I was actually like an audio guy in the, on the call sheet was fresh meat. So okay, it wasn't was the very first either. fresh meat. Damn it. Yeah. I and that was giggled. Like, and that was like the seasons when we started doing like exiles and people had to like run long distances for challenges and like finales. We weren't really doing that kind of stuff yet. Like they're maybe doing just at the finale. But since I was a young buck at the time in my 20s, they gave me the, the, the boom and like, you got to keep up with them. So we're trying to keep up with your asses with 20 pounds mm -hmm. of gear on us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have so much respect for all of the sound guys and the camera guys. I mean, like after running multiple finals, like in the past, when you yeah. run, the camera guys are with you, you know, they're yeah. out there jogging. So it's it intense. is crazy. Like to think about all of the work that goes in behind the scenes. Um, yeah. This season, especially, I mean, this season, the things that you put together and the challenges that we had to do, the missions that we had to compete in were a lot different than the season before. So you definitely have your own style. So I'm just wondering, like, yeah. how did you come up with this season's theme and, like, picking out some of the games that you chose? So this is where I have to kind of merge the two. This is uh, – Emer really started this process off on this season. She was working with MTV, and then I kind of jumped in the tail end where they were just finishing going, like, we're going to do Spies, Eyes, and Allies and do this kind of agency thing. So – because Emer did 36 and was uh, double agents, it kind of just flowed into that. And then she kind of was molding with them and kind of get it up and going. So I can't technically take any claim to why they're doing it this way. Mm -hmm. I just kind of got handed the ball. They're like, here you go. This is what we're doing this season. This is what we think is the best version of what we're doing this season. And they were really trying to get an international aspect going and it just worked well. Uh, Emer, being from Ireland, it kind of is our international correspondent always talks for the world when we when we have big meetings about us she's like look internationally when we say certain words or just certain phrases she'll be the one to correct it saying the rest of the world won't understand that so the the agency kind of theme kind of worked across the board because everybody's seen those jason Bourne movies and all the everybody kind of mm -hmm. understands the spy element around the world but some of the themes we've come up with she was kind of like putting halts like hey other people won't understand that type of terminology sometimes right 
That makes sense. So were there any other um, locations that you guys were looking at besides Croatia? Yes. Yeah, so the way we're in a COVID world right now. So that's really the big determining factor, like where we're going to go, what we're going to do evolves around what the COVID world is like in that area. They looked in every different place. Of course, Australia was a big one to talk about because Australia, right when we were going into this was the place that was like, you're going to get locked down for two weeks. But once you're in the country and you've done your quarantine, you don't have to wear masks or anything because there's zero COVID technically at that time or like very low things. So everybody kept talking about it, but it's, it's hard to get the whole crew and the cast to commit to sit in a hotel for 14 days completely. Yeah, Plus it's, a, that's expensive. It's expensive. So yeah, it when, we, yeah. when we got into Europe, we got into Croatia was one of the big uh, ideas because it's such a low, for some reason in, in Eastern Europe or in the Europe area, they had the lowest COVID cases. And it seemed like it was like, that's a good safer place to go. And what MTV really wanted to do, and everybody wanted to do this season, was get away from this cold weather, the seasons right. you guys have. You guys have all been, I mean, Iceland was by far freezing cold. But even yes, before that, was. Prague wasn't very, like, awful, warm and warm and pretty. So no. that's when they kind of came back. And they when they were hitting me up, I was happy to say yes to this season because they were like, we're going warm and tropical. And I was like, heck, yeah, that's what I'm used to. That's why I grew up on this show. It was like, it was always just warm. We never went to cold unless it was, like, a final, but not a whole right. season. Right. Yeah. It was definitely nice being in Croatia. I mean, like, you can finally see people in bathing suits. Like, yeah. And this house had, like, two, actually, technically three pools. I mean, the locations were so beautiful this season. The house was beautiful. The elimination was beautiful, like, with that huge wall with the lights just, like, yeah. shining down on it. So, like, what is harder to find when scouting a location? Is it the house? Is it the elimination spot? Like, where do you guys start with that? house house always you always find the house that, that's the yeah. that's a the house is a so there's 34 cast members it's the 35th it's it's where the show sets and takes place the challenges are when you watch a show you know eight ten minutes of the of a you know 90 minute episode so you go for the houses first that's what like right now people are out searching for houses for the next coming season like you just want to find the right house that can fit and then it takes forever to negotiate it down because you're going into these multi-millionaire houses yeah. and be like, we're going to bring a bunch of people in there and then they can just YouTube the show. They're going to fuck yeah, it up. They can YouTube the show <laughs> and see what the house is going to turn into. So it's a lot of contract and negotiating right. and going, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And then we have like, you have to deal with just calendars. I mean, even the, the house that we were in that season, if this show would have gone two days later, we wouldn't have been able to do the house only because there was another event moving into that house that was paying twice as much mm. money as we were. That house so was big, amazing. Yeah, which was surprising me. When I went in the house, the first time I was kind of like, man, this is, I don't know if the cast is going to love it. It's, it's all just a hill. It's, it's kinda, it feels kind of small. And we actually had the big house, which is the main house, and then that pool house. When I landed and got there, the original plan was that's where the control room was going to be, that, uh, that smaller house. We weren't going to have, that's where all the production was going to live. And then we started putting bunk beds in the room. And you guys think the bunk beds were tight at the beginning now it was even mm. tighter like it, it almost couldn't fit so we made a whole plan to remove production from the second house where the pool table was and where ct and all those guys stayed the, the secondary house and then we built containers on the side of the house and covered them with tarps so you couldn't see them very good in aerials but that's freed up the space and then it made the house feel huge and large again but then when we first moved in i was kind of nervous i mean i thought this house was amazing it was like a sexy oh, um yeah. training facility it was beautiful. I mean, I've never seen a gym like that in our life. I would. I loved that whole setup. I mean, I think that yeah. was great because we could kind of get away, but not really. We played games on the hills. Like, yeah, it was fun. I I thought it was a great house for a challenge. Mm -hmm. I really yeah, do yeah. think it was a one of the greater ho challenge houses because the last couple of seasons, I mean, were kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. So and it even, was so it was so nice. And even the club this season. Like, I know last season we had, like, the ice box, the ice dome, we called it. The but ice But it was, like, box. right. It was the ice dome. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but you walked, like, right outside, and we had to act like we were going to, like, this thing that wasn't that far away, yeah. which was fine. You know, honestly, yeah. it was convenient for after you it drank was. too much. It was. You didn't get car sick on the way home. But I loved this club, too. Like, this club yeah. was, it had a great vibe. So what was it like getting the club together and doing all that? Because this was the first time we actually, like, left the house. Yeah, in the during this dome. COVID era, I was feeling like so. The dome that was the that thing was so awesome. You guys had it on property for the COVID purposes and for production to exist and make a show happen. It was, it was awesome. Perfect. 
Yeah. So when I got there, everybody kept saying, where are you going to build the dome? Like I was looking across the street, like I was going to build the dome. We were walking all around the property, just going to other neighbors, trying to see if I could buy out their land to build a dome. And then at, lo and behold, we have a locations manager, like someone who just kind of knows locations, helps us find things that's local and lives there. He's like, I have a friend who owns a bar that's shut down because of COVID. Like we're not opening, legally we're not allowed to open to the public. And he's like, why don't you come check it out? So we just happened to have someone on the crew that knew a guy that had a bar that all we had to do was just kind of just put some lights in there and make it look pretty. But otherwise it yeah. was kind of, it, it found, it almost found us. But That's it was, awesome. It was, it, it was perfect. Yes, the 45 minute drive. I Sucked. remember thinking they're going to hate it. But I've been on the show so long. I'm like, I've seen it before. We've done it before. Like it's We've done two hour drives before, before but they weren't, this was the windiest road. You need a drama mean just to get to the bar. Yeah. It was, and, <laughs> you know, it was either that or no bar. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I'll take my chances. Yeah. And the bar is a big element for you guys. I get it. The, the bar is a huge part. It's like, it's a, you know, it's an act of the show. It's a, it's part of like, they have to go out. You have to do something and, you know, the, the fans get to see it. It's like, oh, it's a big live bar. But like, I know behind the scenes, like we pump the music, let you dance. And then it kind of gets quiet. And now it's like, let's watch game. the talking happen and let's hear the game. Because mm -hmm. we can't, it's hard to, that's why we can hear you so clearly. If you go to any other show and you watch like, you know, Bad Girls Club, like you can't understand people because they're inside the bar. It's pumping music. We get when we have control of it. That's awesome for us. That's might even be the thing going forward. We might have that kind of standard. It just allows us to make a better TV show, which is in right. the end what we're trying to do there. Absolutely, yeah. So I know that that Emer had started this, and mm -hmm. then you came in. When were you, or when was she? When did she start prepping for Spies, Lies, and Allies? So what we left in March, she was on in December. She came in from Iceland and like, I would say two weeks later, started going, all right, let's put cast together. Like, wow. she was in, and that's, that's hard to do. I mean, I came home from Croatia and I was like, I'm, I need a break. I'm chilling on the next one. But it, it's just Aww. like, no, 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 we don't know. Like, it's all me to figure out, but it was just like, for me to get a call, I was, you know, the day after you land, it's like, it's hard to get right back into the system. You kind of just like the finale for producers alone, you're just like, finally i'm done thinking and stressing and then for her to come home and like i'm jumping back in i was like good for you like she loves it she's a workhorse yeah yeah, yeah. have you ever have you ever tested one of the challenges ryan oh my god that's i so that's how i got into it so <laughs> doing audio and doing ac and pa work i would always ask like i want to go test the challenges and then so the god challenge team would, yeah the challenge <laughs> team would let me come over and, and play with them and then i that's how I, that's how I landed in this world was I would test them and I would come out of the water or whatever and be like, here's what I didn't like. Here's what didn't work. Here's what the, da, da, da. and I just would mm. explain to them going, it doesn't feel right. Like something's wrong. Like, cause no, no matter what, I still am of a family belief that like, if we build it, we should test it ourselves. Cause then I know what's, what's how it feels, what it, why it's wonky, why these people are all crying about it because it hurts. This is the, every time I land on it, it hurts this way. However, throughout the ages, I got older and probably got more out of shape. And then when you are testing some of the jump games, like say from here to here, two inches, my job as a tester is to find out what's too hard. So we failed seven times by the time you guys even tested. So two yeah. inches is too far. Two inches further distance is like, man, no one's landed. We're just slamming and then hitting and falling <laughs> backwards. We're doing it too. And then four inches back the other direction is too easy. So it's like, what is that sweet spot? And then right. the end, you're, you're trying especially yeah. those big fall water games, you're trying to get 30% fail rate. Like that to me is the perfect game. Like people no. completed it. People, <laughs> yeah. Someone has to complete it. I just want to yeah. say one thing because I know this about you. I've worked with you for forever. You don't rig anything. Eliminations are picked out months before we even get there. You, you aren't catering shit to go to anybody. I know that you get really offended. If you could just speak on that so the people know, I would mm -hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. I will say that this actually started in Turkey, which I think was, uh, what was that? Uh, see, you were on it, and uh, I think it was uh, Battle of the Seasons. Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Was Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Battle of the Seasons was right was before that, but we used the same house. Then it was Bloodlines, yeah. So, but that kind of started with the idea that we, I have a microphone, I have an earpiece, and I can always hear a microphone, and if they're potted up, or if someone's on, and the game was over, we were done with lunch, and I heard Anissa just walking back onto the bus, bitching and moaning, like, these producers, they rig this, and da 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 I never and, talk like that! And I, was so, and I heard it, and I remember coming on, it's the only time I ever, I, at the time, as a segment producer, or a challenge producer, I think it might have been supervising, and I went, I don't really talk to the cast because it's kind of like, you're the judge, you're the rule maker, you can't really get into conversations, and I came on the bus, I was like, 
it kind of offended me. That's where I first found out. I was like, I get offended by this. I didn't know I took it so personally that we don't I wasn't the first person that I was never the first person to say that. People always say that, but I get it. But but there's like, the game is approved months in advance. Right Mm -hmm. now, let's say I'm doing a packet. We don't even have a cast for the next season, but I'm doing challenge games right now. They get approved. A lawyer looks at them. Insurance looks at them. All these people look at them. And then we put them on a schedule because art has to build them in a certain order mm-hmm. that they, mm-hmm. cause they're going to use the wood from this game in this game. But if the wood in this ah. game, it's smaller pieces. That means we need to do the bigger game first to get those pieces mm-hmm. down to the smaller pieces. Cause we can't make it's, it's a whole plan that gets put in action. And then on the day it ends up being whatever game it ends up being pole wrestle. And then these two heavy hitter guys go in that day and everyone's like, you put it together for those things. And it was like, it just happened to be that it's always happens. It's so you can't write half the shit that happens that like, yeah, it's going to be, you know, bananas versus CT. And then it's gonna be the backpack game in Prague. And it was like, no one knew that was going to happen. Like I can't it just, just happened. It was approved months ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I have a question about, you know, you were talking about how you have to pick out all of these challenges and then get them mm. approved. There's yeah. so many different types of challenges that we do. You know, we have endurance challenges. We have puzzle challenges. We have heights over water. We have a bunch of different things, sometimes with helicopters, whatever. What mm. is the most difficult type of challenge or elimination to put together? Mm. Generally, it's rooftops. Rooftops are always hard because you have to get a building that is owned by some major multi-billionaire to let us jump off the top of their roof of a, yeah. of a building. Then figure out how do you get all that trust that builds the rig up there. Mm-hmm. 99.9% of the time, it's us putting it on our backs and walking up 82 flights of steps to put one piece up and then come back down and or take the elevator down. I don't think you should do it again, then. It sounds down. terrible. Don't do it again. Yeah, yeah. Did that sound yeah. so bad? Sounds super I mean, inconvenient. Yeah, exactly. And those are my <gasps> least favorite, too. Like I, I, They're fun to see on TV, but as a tester, that's why I started kind of stopping. I was like, I'm done. Like. Yeah, I don't like jumping. I, I've done it. I've done enough times where I've like got my badges and I'm like, huh, I don't have to do it anymore. I'm now high enough in the ranks that I don't. I get to choose not to do it. Yeah, but uh, well, I would say rooftops are the hardest because of the stunt stuff. But the really the scariest and the hardest ones, the ones that like I lose sleep about, are any of the big art builds. Our art team is generally one guy from the United States that we work closely with, and sometimes he's the new guy that season who's never been on the show. And then we go to another country and hire 30 to 40 locals that we have no clue what their work experience is like, how they are, what they are. And then we're like, let's build this huge rig made of wood. If it's made of trust, generally we have that say that. I know how that works. That's just bolts and it locks together. But when it comes to building things out of wood, mm. it's just going to fall apart. I know it's going to fall apart. And then we have to sit there and it's embarrassing for us. The cast is all mad at us. It starts breaking. So I am more scared and worried of like anything that's a major art build. Yeah. And, and even, yeah. even in this episode where you got hurt in episode five, like it was the wall. Once they started building the wall, I was like, let's just do a layer of like netting. Like that was a very simple build. But going to bed, I was like, more if one of these cleats breaks off. One broke off on somebody. I don't know who it broke off on, but I Huey. saw two. Yeah, rock climbing cleats. I'm like, it, they're man-made. It's not built for them. And the guy, it's, it's not like a, they're following a blueprint. They're like, yeah, eight foot wall this big and the construction team builds it but they're not you know factory workers that have built this wall 17 times that's the first time they built the wall too that big that size right. yeah i hated yeah. it hated it yeah it was tough. Hated it. I, so i know that you've tried a lot of different challenges because you tested them out but if you were yeah. a challenger what do you think your favorite type of challenge would be to compete in or that you would be the best at like puzzles eating or any of these endurance ones i'm i think stunts Eating, I can do. I, don't, I have a ability to. I know how to eat stuff. I guess in a weird way. Like I know, I know, how, to, I know how to eat like gross stuff fast. Like I, just, I, I kind of like CT it and just like get it down. Okay, yeah. Boom, mm-hmm. it's down. But it's done stuff only because of the show. Because of the amount of testing I've done, I know how to jump on things. I know how to land on things. Like there's like a you know, my friend who works on Wipeout. Like he can run across. Everybody used to jump across those red balls. Like. I've done it so many times. I know how to walk across those red balls. I can jump. I know how to land on trust. I know how to jump. So for right now, if they put me in today, I'd be like, dude, I got the stunt games all day because I know how they work. Are you giving There's lessons tricks. out? There's Do we tricks. have to come There's there? To... Totally... Well, I, will, I feel like tell... for the right amount, yeah, you may I, be able I've, to teach us the technique. I feel like I've talked enough times that I, I almost want to send a letter out. Like, you guys, if you know you're going to go to the season, study puzzles. You know there's puzzles. Math's always involved. It's it's weird when people come and still haven't figured out a tangram. I'm like, if you're They're a fan of the show, how do you not know how to do it? There's only so many ways to do a tangram, and it's basically yeah. the same device every time. But 
Like I'm actually yeah. when they were doing puzzles, that was my number one rule. I was like, I don't want to see one tangram put up as an option for a game because one, I'm over them. I'm so sick of them. And two, it's like half the cast has to know. Oh, how to I love now. them. Yeah. Especially with this season, like just talking about tangrams and like expecting people to know how to do them. Think about how many international people came on this season and like, mm. how, like how did you guys even know what how they were going to perform? So like, was it hard for you to pick uh, international castmates to be on the show? So the international casting was largely done with Emer and the casting team before that. And what they were trying to do is they're trying to make this show more global and more international. And I think it's it's better for everybody. The show is awesome. I've always, as a kid in my 20s growing up on the show, I still to this day believe this is the best challenge competition show that exists in the world. And I get bummed when I go to interviews and someone's like, oh, the challenge, you still do that? It's still around the Real World Roto's Challenge? I'm like, yeah, that, that title's gone. This show, like... If you don't know this show, it's there's only three other shows: Big Brother, Survivor, and Amazing Race. Who are in their 30s? We are part of that elite group. So, when the, when we're now letting international people find out about this show, that just gets me more excited. That their hometowns are going to watch it, their buddies are going to mm-hmm. watch it, and then it's now with the internet, it's just going to become a bigger show than it ever. And it, we're watching it get bigger, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. And with that amount of international people that they've casted, they casted them from people who are t- technically famous in their world they've been on one show that they have a fan base so now we just we just grabbed 15 more fan bases and added it to it which it just makes ours larger and i think it's a huge deal that we're doing it and i'm excited that we're doing it i hope we keep going forward doing it it it, we didn't everybody was i mean they were good there were some bad ones there were some all of them were beautiful and it it was just like this is this show's only this it's basically we don't we used to have the real world of road rules that's where we pulled from Mm -hmm. i worked on already the one season three and then mm-hmm. I came out for that and was walking with people. I was like, man, we can pull people from this show. There's good. And then that's when they started, they started pulling from Are the One. There were some yeah. people that didn't like it. They're like, no, we, we're real, real world road rules. And it was like this whole thing. And then now it's like some of our best are from Are the One and <laughs> hey. the challenge. Yeah. It's like, let's just bring everybody together. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Did you have any favorites for internationals coming into the season? Or after the season that. ended, or anyone. I don't think I'm, I think everybody's my favorite. I don't think I'm allowed that's, to pick that's one. The, my you're favorite. actually that's the same. What a way, good smart way to go. Yeah, yeah. What a good dad answer. <laughs> everybody's good one day and everybody's bad another day. Depends on what day you ask, I guess. True. Yeah. Yeah. Good dad answer. Um. So obviously you haven't done a season since season 30, 30, 30. And this is season thirty-seven. So there have been plenty of seasons in between. Did you yeah. turn down seasons? Um, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, so, so that was my last technical whole season. Now, every season since then, almost every season, maybe minus two, um, I had a kid right before 30, and then I brought so her – Yeah, I brought her on the road on 30. She was, like, six months. I remember. And that was, like, the end of, like, oh, I can bring a kid on the road and have an infant in a hotel room. Once she started walking – bringing a child on the road just seemed like how are we going to do that because mm-hmm. it's, the, it's not, the infant could just sit in the hotel room all day and move, not move but once they're walking and talking they need to be entertained the whole time and my wife worked on 30 as a field producer so we were able to just have a nanny keep her in the hotel room and so 30 was kind of the end like i'm done with the show goodbye at that point i'd already done 20 some seasons so i was like mm-hmm. i've got it i don't need to do anymore i had a kid i met my wife on this show i technically had a kid on this show got pregnant on the show mm-hmm. Like this whole yeah, show is like built my bought me in this house. I mean, this whole show has done everything for me. Oh, I love it. So then I just uh, I, I started declining afterwards. I was like, I don't need to go on the road. I don't want to do international shows. It wasn't anything about this show in particular. It was just going away. It was really hard. Yeah, right. I bet. So in the interim of season thirty thirty seven, I've done a couple of finales. I've done all the creative pack. Not a lot of the creative packets, not all of them, but a lot of them. And then this season, it was just so, my kids yeah. down at age where she's in school. Like she's old enough to be in school and she's in school eight hours a day. So it was yeah. kind of a, I wasn't even looking for this show. Emer called me and she's like, Hey, I can't go. I'm the doctor saying no, but it'd be a great favor. If you could go, if you could be a part of it because then we could work as a unison. Like Emer and I could stay there. She could still be an executive. I could be executive and we could work together. And I needed her a lot. Mm-hmm. I called her daily. I mean, there's so much stuff. Yeah. So just having a kid old enough allowed me to leave. So that's, I think, going forward, I'm going to have some time to start taking these shows again. Woohoo! Awesome! Yay! 
Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. That's great. I mean, listen, we love hearing all of this stuff. And like, there's so much that goes into everything on the challenge. And as a competitor, and especially as a viewer, I mean, we don't get to see it. So it's really awesome to hear about all of this. Yeah. And I just want to ask you this question because you've talked about so many finales that you've done. Do you have a favorite finale that you've worked on? Ooh. Uh, the first Iceland was my favorite. The first Iceland, um, well, that was coming X's off too. of X's too from Dominican. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was going out there. To me, that was just like the crew was high fiving and hugging each other and crying at the end because it was kind of what you guys dealt with in Iceland on 37 or 36 was that the storm was coming in and it was just, it was like, mm -hmm. that, that was the other season. I did not physically do the season. I got just brought in to do the finale. And I proposed to my wife and then went straight to, I like met everybody in Dominican, proposed to my wife and then went straight to Iceland. And I just lived in Iceland Aww. for a month and then got to build. And that was probably my favorite finale to produce, to be a part of and be like, I just never been in Iceland. It was mind blowing to me. Wow. I'm sure that you guys had to act a lot on the fly too. Like you were saying with the storm in Iceland and just things that come up naturally. And so obviously you said you have Emer on the line, but like, I just kind of want to tie this back into the specific episode where Anissa goes home. Yeah. Like, how difficult is it for you guys to deal with an injury from a production standpoint? It's not awesome. That's for sure. And those are, like, I know we, we build challenges and build a limbs in advance, but on the fly, we have to change them. And that's what it becomes like. The game that uh, Gabo and Logan had to do in the limb, that changed. It was technically the bones and structure of the game we were going to play, but it was built for two people. And then mm -hmm. once Anissa got hurt, oh. I was like, shit. Now we have to figure out how to make it all a one-person game. So we had to quickly... Were we going to yell down to the person? No, and have them... were, I was going to pull you up. So I would be down there and I'd be like... Rah. And it kind of referenced... Oh, the way, oh cool. The I'm way, glad I wasn't there. Yeah, the way some of these... <laughs> the way some of these games in the limbs get scheduled. So in the beginning, the challenge that you guys are part of, you probably didn't get to it, but once you, but after you would have finished the wall game, you had to pull a big sled or pull a big weight that brought the code to you. So that was the movement in the challenge. After you climb the wall, right. you wanted me to pull it. So then that's what we wanted in the limb was to then now you had to pull someone up. So they kind of correlated with each other and show story wise. I like that. So that I would have so pulled happy. Logan up. <laughs> I'm so happy that you just co-signed that. Okay, because this is a theory that I think all challengers have in their heads. Is like, well, the daily challenge was this, so maybe the elimination is going to tie in this way. Like, we all kind of think that sometimes that happens. Maybe it doesn't happen all the time, but to know that you've said that and yeah. that's satisfying from a production yeah. standpoint, I just feel I feel like a little less less of a psycho for overthinking. You're still a psycho. You're still yeah. a psycho for overthinking everything. But here's the thing. It's so funny because you're going to – the notes that you're going to – that we get from it, it's like – one episode tie them together it looks really cool another episode's like they're doing the exact same movement an episode at the beginning of the chat the beginning of the episode and the end of this episode so it as much as i want to say yes in that episode it was the next episode it does not but make not for most it's, yeah it's really right. you don't want to see the same movement if you're swinging sledgehammers at the beginning in the challenge yeah. you're not gonna see it in a limb but i want to circle back to a question that i asked all year round all season and none of the crew could physically answer this why do you guys start using the word dailies? Where did that come from? It made me so internally upset. I was like, it's the challenge. Oh, no. There were challenges. And then oh, people I don't, started using so I figured it's a survivor or a big brother. I think statement. over oh. no, because they call them comps, yeah. which is annoying for me. Yes. Um yeah. over the years, I think the language has just changed. When I took that break after I broke my <sighs> after I fractured my ankle, I was coming back on. Or when I did Dirty 30 and they started calling challenges by numbers. And I'm like, there's a name to the challenge. It's not yeah. challenge 30. Yeah. Like, that's weird for me, yeah. you know? So, and then they were like, oh, this is episode 12. I'm like, how the fuck do you know what episode it is? Can you just be present? Like, it, the new yeah. kids, I think the newer generation mm -hmm. of challengers looks at it from a TV perspective of like yeah. episode to episode Number of, I'm like, I've been, I'm like, look, 20 years. This is my millionth daily challenge. Daily challenge. But this is why they call it that. Cause it's the challenge. And then I think people try and be more specific by saying the daily. So, you know, yeah. like, Hey, I want a challenge. And we're like the whole challenge. Like, no one singular challenge yeah. during the season of the challenge. Sure, 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 sure. So I think it's to be able to make that distinction, um, between one and the other. We yeah, but did, I don't know where it started. We have, I don't know where it started, but it's not us. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> Not you too. But I know when I first started, when I first started the show, season 10, you had a lot of road rulers coming in. So it was our job to break them from saying the word missions. It's like, no, the show is called the challenge. You do challenges. And then they would say the word on oh, this mission. So in every interview, you'd be like, no, no, no. Or any OTF. No, no, no. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's not a mission. So we broke everybody yeah. of that. And then I never heard mission again. To... And I was like, yay. And then this season I came back and then I was told that <laughs> we're missions. called a missions. I was like, yeah. I was you know, so over it. to break the word mission. Yes. After go save it. And now we're using dailies. Yeah. I was like, where's dailies coming from? Like who's singing dailies? Why are we using dailies now? And like, no, the, the missions made me, the missions made me so upset. I'm like, Oh, the agency, I guess this is a, and then the missions. And we have all this like spy logo. Detonation spy- station. My favorite one. Detonation <laughs> station. I just did it. I don't know. Maybe I'm bitter because of this episode. Yeah. But I have probably. nightmares about it. Yeah. I mean, oh. it, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. I know. One Ryan, Ryan was definitely upset on the phone with me. He you know what? Like, I, I was, can't believe this just happened. I watched the episode five again because you were saying we were going to talk about this. And then I was thinking, if someone said, what your proudest moment in this episode? I was like, Anissa's outfit and her interviews. Because I know how many people, yeah. I know how they were changing because you had a sling on. So you had to do the certain outfit. But I remember like Danny was sending me wardrobe pics. Like, what about this? What about this? I'm like, I don't care. Whatever she wants to wear. Like, whatever. But like, it ended up working. Yeah. And they got a really cool outfit that like covers your slings. So you can't do you see know it, that was sling. a fucking, that was yes. a scarf. Yes. I heard everything. <laughs> Danny was so proud that he was like, I'm doing the gayest thing I've ever done. Like, I'm picking out outfits. And I'm so like, Danny, Danny, really like, I couldn't do anything but my makeup. And then I had the nice PA girl. I'm like, I know you have never touched hair like this before. I had to take my braids out. They wouldn't let anybody help me. I'm like, I promise I won't talk game. I'm like, all right, people were DMing me like, you look amazing and so classy. Like, what are you wearing? I'm like, I'm wearing a scarf from Croatia <laughs> over my over my sling that's making me sweat a lot and give me a rash. But yeah, sure. Everything's fine. I was trying Everything. to, I was trying to find the WhatsApp thread because he was sending me photos. Like you had one that was like very tribal looking. Like they had all these different outfits that you were trying to. Oh my! I was so nope, mad. Nope. I was like, I, I was like, I don't know what in the in the tribal whatever. I don't know what what you think I am. <laughs> one made me look like a library in the jungle. The other one was like, it, it was just <laughs> a, a lot of stuff that like. Oh my gosh! I should have been like knitting in a corner at like age eighty. Some Listen. of them were just not age appropriate. Well, you looked great in the end. You, you got the right one going. It, it looked good. It really looked good. I was like, you can't even a sling on right now. Yeah. Yeah. I told oh them gosh. I wouldn't wear it. I just could do limited motions like this, but they were like, no, we're not going to risk that. I was like, I'm fine, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was disappointing, yeah. though, but I needed a. I did four back to back. That's a lot. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. And that's, a, I think, one of the big behind the scenes things when you're doing interviews, like you're talking about two weeks ago sometimes. Like, that's hard to. It's hard. I just, I mean, that's hard for you guys. It's hard for the, the producer because when you walk out, we're going to do it again for the next person. You're like, I'm reliving this challenge seven times today. I'm going to talk about it for 12 hours. The exact same game over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Every episode, we have a segment on the podcast called Challenge Confidential. So mm-hmm. I know that you've already been spilling a lot of secrets, but we're just curious. Is there anything else maybe that happened from this episode or from this season in total that you'd like to tell us? Hmm. That one caught me off guard. Uh, so anything that we wanted to tell you that caught me off guard, because what I was going to get into was the was the it was the first night of letting all the veterans in, and then taking you guys to a hotel was like the worst night of my life because everybody got drunk at the cast house when they moved in, and then took them oh, to a, yeah. then took everybody to the hotel, and they were just acting mayhem. But the problem is, because yeah, promised COVID. us beer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it shit just. I had thirty four cast members. Like that's what people think. Like we're a big movie set, and it's like, dude, there's like. All these PAs, it's their first day at work. So we're like, here's what you need to do. And they're like, I don't know. The cast is yelling at me. We have grown adults screaming at 20-year-olds and calling them lots of dirty language and stuff. And they're mad yeah, and angry. Yeah. So the PAs are like, I don't want to deal with this show. We have people crying. That That's kind of like side note. We were really crying too. That. Yeah. Because we know. couldn't stay in the house that night. Yeah. Was that it was, the it was, original? Wait, was that the original plan? Yeah. yeah. I think what it was is that they whoever was in charge of alcohol shouldn't put that much alcohol out. They put all the alcohol mm. out. It was meant to be for both parties, your party and the next parties. But you guys oh. drank all the first. Oh, drank we drank all of it. You can't let us in there. Oh, and you know we can't shit. handle our we can't handle our alcoholic international people can. And Come it's just now. that's where that's the kind of little stuff that slips through the crack. You're like, oh, that there's so many. I'm trying to put you guys in cars. You know, there's six cars. I can put you two in this car. Do this, and we're just thinking about all the math. And MTV's there that day, and every producer's there, and everybody's first day. We're moving in, yay, yay, and then. 
somehow someone just put all the booze. I was like, where's the next set of booze? And I'm like, it's all out there. I'm like, now everybody's hammered. Shit. Yeah. We were yeah. doing okay. <laughs> Dude, that was so scary. You know, we got that memo from TJ or as Gabo said, this guy who he didn't know. Yeah. Pops up yeah. on <laughs> Gabo's no so pre-research. great. No pre-research. No, he didn't know what he was. I just want to drink, party, see where the women are. When he's praying to Mike this situation. I mean, mean, what? What? He can't make it up. He's great. These people were all great. I think he truly thought he was going to, like, uh, Jersey Shore. Like, he made some comment. He's like, where's all the women? Where are we doing? I said, we're going to be on Jersey Shore. And I'm like, that's not the show you're about to do, man. (laughs) Sorry. Where are all the women? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, good, dude. He was like, I just need a Red Bull vodka for my interview. Yeah. I'm like, you're not getting that. No, but we used to be able to drink on Warsaw Shore. I'm like, Gabo, not the same show, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was great, um, though. He just, one thing is like, there is no filter. No. It is just pure him. Yeah. It's amazing. And that's where I feel like, yeah. I and mean, that's one of my things I think about him and almost any, even Emmy. A lot of the internationals, I feel like, I think that the, the issue I always had is like, it's their second language and they totally don't always know what's yeah. being said. And I feel like they're playing yeah. a game that's completely different than the game that you guys are playing. And I don't know some days, I don't people recognize like how hard it must be for him to sit in a room and sit in a house and listen to everybody going, I kind of understand everybody talks so fast. Yeah, in, in yeah. different accents. And he did have good. he did have anxiety about that. We sat down and talked about it. Like he was always open about how he felt, so. Yeah, I think it, you you guys picked a good group. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. They were a good was, group. Yeah, it was it was an amazing season with so many amazing people who had <clears throat> so much respect for American TV. And I, I we were talking about this earlier in the podcast. Like it definitely gave all of us there this new perspective of not taking it for granted because mm-hmm. some people's dreams are to be on a show like this, an American yeah. TV show. So yeah. yeah, it was really beautiful. I'm really happy that all of them got the opportunity to be on it. Um, but we have one yes. last question for you. Yeah. You have given us so much information, but we always ask this question. It's our final question for every guest. Anissa, would you like to do the honors of asking the last question? Sure. Since this season's called Spies, Lies, and Allies, we would like to know, in your opinion, who's the biggest spy, the biggest liar, and the biggest ally. So the spy is someone to watch out for in the future. The liar is whoever lies most in the episode, and the ally would be the most truthful. Yeah, from this episode specifically. Well, basically, you say the word spy, who to watch out for. I think Logan's someone you need to watch out for. I mean, yep. I don't think he's spying per se, but I think he's someone you need to watch out for. Like anybody mm-hmm. who's, in my head, people who are elite in the physical game of this show are heavy surfers and people into yoga and rock climbers. And he hits all three of those at some point, and you're just like, yep. this guy's going to kill it. I thought, right the day he, once I read his resume, I was like, oh shit, this guy's going to be a physical yep. beast. was Go. so excited when he picked me. I was like, yes! yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would definitely be the spy that I would say look out for. The we're, we're next one, lies, spies, lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The liar. I always think, like, in my head, it's going to, it's Josh. Like, that guy's just saying shit that's <sighs> like, it always goes along. <laughs> but uh, I'm just like, particularly this episode, I watch it going, who's a liar? Like, yeah, it's it, it, you know, my when you say the word spy, my true world is like Devin. I think that guy's the sneakiest guy moving around, but I, I don't see him lying. I see him just saying stuff and thinking it out loud. Like, he's got a good game plan together. But liar, yeah. I, I guess I would, you know, at one point I thought it was Huey, but he wasn't really saying untruths. He was just like, try to make sure he wasn't called out to be the snake when like at the nominations right. and stuff like that. Right. I'd probably just say Josh. Cause I put him in there. I feel like he's always just has some story to like, he just blows up everything he touches. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Joshy. He's a good guy. Okay. He's a good dude. It's just he's, his emotion. He is. His uh, skin is not very thick. He gets emotional fast. His emotions run his game. And that's the problem. I think is mm-hmm. that's his emotions. Yeah. Great for TV. Oh. Yeah, we're super we're entertaining gonna, to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna work on it. We're gonna have a class with Josh. Um, an ally, I guess it'd be in my head the ally move, and I really was like, oh, that's so sweet. That shows how good friends are. Is uh, Tori as Anissa walks in the house and she's like, "Can you just help me take a shower?" And she's like, "I got you, girl." And like, you take her up, and I know behind us, like, you go up, you go up and help her take a shower because she's all muddy from the <laughs> hospital. And you're, you're like, Aww. I just need to help her bathe. And I was like, oh, that's a good ally. Like, that's a good friend. Oh, she, like, she, cut my, she cut my bra off. She took my shirt. I mean, I was sweating. <laughs> so my blood pressure was so high. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to bathe me. 
But yeah. she was like in the shower with me, That's like a physically. Good in That's a good I one. was in some crevices. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember we I both did. Our, we both showered each other this season, rightfully so. Yeah. That's what friends do for each other. Yeah. I was fucking helpless. So yeah. yes. <sighs> Tori, you're a good Great. friend. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. I, I appreciate that title. I've been called a spy and a liar already once this season, so I appreciate sure. being the ally. Yeah. Finally, it's, it's, it's a nice way <laughs> for me to go out. Hopefully yeah. I don't get any more of these titles later in the future. Uh-huh. Ryan, thank you thank so you. much yeah. for coming on the show. You're it's welcome. It's been an honor talking to you, and yeah, thank you. Thank, and thank you for an amazing season. Seriously, this season was my favorite. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. We wanted to have fun and we got that. So yeah. yeah. I'm all about the fun of it. So thank you yeah. for everything you do for us, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you both. Thank you for everything and putting up for the season. It was a hard season for all the intricacies behind the camera and everything. It was a really hard one. I really felt bad that everybody had to deal with it, but whatever. These times will go past us and we'll all have a good season going forward. Hopefully, yeah. I hope to see you in the future. Come back. Yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I appreciate it, ladies. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Attention all challenge fans. There is a ton of great challenge merchandise at the Paramount shop. We're talking t-shirts, yoga mats, workout gear, and more. Whether it's an official challenge t-shirt for the gym or a hoodie to wear while you watch the latest season, shop everything the challenge at paramountshop.com and take 20% off with code challenge 20. That's 20% off at checkout on all challenge products with code challenge 20 at paramountshop.com. Well, Anissa, I don't know about you, but I think that Ryan is absolutely amazing. He I is. mean, it's so interesting to like hear everything that he's got to say, especially all the behind the scenes stuff. Like these are things that you don't even think about yeah. as a viewer or yeah. as a contestant either. Yeah, he's been doing this for a really long time, so it's nice to hear his perspective. He feels like one of my high school buddies at this point. We basically yeah. grew up together, so it's always nice to hear from him. Yeah, totally. Well, let's get into some challenge confidential. Yes. Because I just want to, you know, put this out there. I have two. Number one, when you left, you asked me to shower you. And so I do that. You know, I use. (laughs) I had mud everywhere and it had hardened. It was clay. (laughs) It was, it was, I felt like I, I was in a, in a kiln and I was a pottery, a pottery project at that point. Yeah. You looked like a pottery project. I was happy to use the kitchen scissors to cut your sports bra off, which was, in fact, caked with mud. And I left it on the sink, obviously, in, like, the midst of showering you and cleaning you. And then every day when I used the bathroom in the morning after that, I looked at that, especially when I cleaned, and I was like, I can't throw this out. This is Anissa. And I looked at your cut-up sports bra that still had mud on it every day and left it in the bathroom as, like, an honorary thing for you didn't you <laughs> was, also sleep in my bed actually didn't want to sleep in it wanted to leave your bed as like the memorial couch so it was more of like <laughs> i didn't a, die but in the game yeah i did you, yeah you know? i did die in the game shit all right let's move on anisa why don't you tell us the next challenge confidential well not to take away from anybody's performance but when i fell the game was then paused i don't know for how long Long time. But long enough to wrap me up, get my ass out of there. Then they had to wait for the ambulance to roll out. The ambulance was Mm -hmm. going about two kilometers an hour. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were so many bumps and they couldn't hit them because my shoulder is out of the socket. So they had to wait for all of that. I guess a half an hour passed. But most of the people were already at their math equation. And this is where Priscilla, being the math genius that she is, was able to help other people with their math. So all of you are welcome that I fell, gave you a little extra time to do your math problem. Dude, it was the truest thing that you've ever said in that moment, because I don't think that Berna and CT would have won just because I don't know if Berna would have ever been able to solve that math problem. But, you know, if I was Berna's friend and next to her, like Priscilla was, I probably would have done the same thing because, hey, if your girl's in power, then you're probably in a good spot. Right. So... Right. And all but of us I, have different backgrounds. So it just, I don't know what it's like to be burnout or to be, you know, right. gobbo at this moment where it's like, I had a, I either didn't finish high school or didn't grow up with like a traditional education. So, right. Um, and I'm sure there's like a, you know, maybe a level of embarrassment. 
I don't know if Berna should be embarrassed at all. I mean, she never really learned math. I learned math, and I still can't do it right. So, Berna, you should be fucking proud of yourself. <gasps> yeah. No, I mean, she was also killing it in the head of everybody else. Yeah. So. Oh, God. Monster. Absolute yeah. monster. Her and Emmanuel, it's like they grew up doing that. Yeah. Good old Shout, shout outs to, to <laughs> International Survivor, you crazy, crazy sick athletes. Yeah, they're incredible. Um, Okay, so (laughs) what an amazing episode, even though it was literally so sad to watch you go, Anissa. You know, it's going to be hard to watch the rest of the season without you, but I'm excited that we get to watch it together and do this podcast together. So at least we have I'm really excited to be a viewer. Really excited about it. Yeah, and you're an amazing narrator, so it's going to be awesome to hear about all of your thoughts about everything that comes up. And like we said earlier, we're just switching places from last season, girl. I can't wait to see what happens. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I left. I left with no enemies, not one fight, just a hanging shoulder. Yeah, which is well, now everybody. Fine. <laughs> everybody, make sure you slide into Anissa's DMs and send her some extra love because this oh, was a really you. hard episode for all of us to watch. Anissa, where can they send you hearts and farts? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on. Instagram at Anisa MTV. That's A N E E S A M T V. Mm-hmm. And uh, where can they find you, Tori? And DM you pictures of your ugly crying face or my ugly crying oh, face. Oh no! <laughs> Shit! I don't want people to have that in their screenshots. Okay, fine. Everyone <gasps> no, just send pictures fine. of Tor of me to Tori. No, you can you can find my ugly crying face. I don't care. Kim Kardashian put her ugly crying face on a T-shirt once, so that's totally fine. Uh, you guys can DM me at Tori underscore deal. Uh, find me on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter anymore because you know what? It's just too much to deal with. But Instagram's not. So slide into my DMs. Send me pictures of me crying or giving Anissa a hug. And yeah, enjoy the rest of this season, guys. And make sure that you watch new episodes of The Challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, every Wednesday. And then go behind the scenes with us the next morning on MTV's official Challenge podcast. Attention all challenge fans. There is a ton of great challenge merchandise at the Paramount shop. We're talking t-shirts, yoga mats, workout gear, and more. Whether it's an official challenge t-shirt for the gym or a hoodie to wear while you watch the latest season, shop everything the challenge at paramountshop.com and take 20% off with code challenge 20. That's 20% off at checkout on all challenge products with code challenge 20 at paramountshop.com.